So, mighty Zordon of the Orcs, I've caught you green-handed. How awkward for you. <laughs> no, you can't take me. I do love those automatic doors. They're so futuristic. It's like walking onto the bridge of the Enterprise. Or, or into a supermarket. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. I don't make fun of your figures. No, no. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just tidying them up. So Matthew, yeah, yeah. he left left yeah. them. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. Well, where is he anyway? Oh, Matthew, well, uh, oh, he's just dipped down to earth to get out a few things from the shop, seeing as we were back in the neighbourhood. Oh, right. Well, I hope he's not getting any more Paris Hilton albums for Colin. Oh, the number of times I've had to hide them in the airlock. Well... <laughs> According to my watch, which has been moving at the same rate as the ship, naturally, we should be approaching uh, drumroll. <gasps> Is that a star? No, I, I thought they all had names like Proxima Centurial, Seti Alpha 5, or TYC 4282-605-1B. Seti Alpha 5 isn't a real star, unless you mean Alpha Seti, and the last one that you mentioned, that's an exoplanet. But I'll give you a clue. We are still in our solar system, and we're approaching the closest planet to Earth. And it's not Mars. Uh, I think I can guess. Guess? We were only talking about this 90 minutes ago. 90 minutes relative to us? Yeah, but back on Earth, it's more like... Okay, guess then. Uh, well, it says Venus on the screen, so uh, I'm going to say Venus. Well, red... Yep, uh, the second closest planet to our sun, named after the goddess Venus, How which is a... come that musky guy wants to start a colony on Mars then, hmm? If it's not even the closest planet to Earth. Ah, good question. And that's just one of many we're going to answer on this episode of Hostile Worlds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, David? Yeah? If there was a planet drumroll, do yeah. you think it would be on the outer rim? Welcome to Hostile Worlds, the podcast that puts the science and drama into science-based audio drama educational show. In this episode, we head to Earth's so-called sister planet to take a look at the differences and similarities between Venus and our own pale blue dot in the sky. <gasps> pale blue dot, I like that. You should copyright that. Yeah, well, Carl Sagan beat me to it. Mm. Okay, let's bring the tardigrade to about 50 kilometers above the surface and hold position just below the clouds and activate the main viewer. Yes, station the orbit locked in. Right, powering up the old camera doodars. Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't expecting that. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit yellow. Yeah, hellish, isn't it? Unlike our blue skies, or grey if you're in Scotland, <laughs> Venus has a really acidic atmosphere. <gasps> Proper acid rain! Oh, you need a brony, <laughs> I reckon. And, and a decent pair of shoes. I mean, look at those hills! Well, mm -hmm. mountains, really, I guess. Well, yeah, Venus has the most volcanoes in the solar system. Gosh, no wonder everyone's going to Mars instead. Well, quite. Okay, uh, let's set us down on one of the planes. Mm -hmm. uh, Venus is actually pretty flat for the most part, so we'll be able to go for a wander. Hmm. Uh, actually, there's only one suit available, so uh, why don't you have it? Yeah, I'll just uh, potter away at the controls. Honestly, I, I don't mind. <laughs> well, uh, where's the other one? I, I thought there were two. Oh, yeah, there are, but mine's uh, getting mended. You know, at the, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the shop. So, 
was 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 it an orc thing? What? No, Are no. you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all. Well, okay, Michael mm. Collins. I'll go and take a stroll on another celestial object by myself. Extraordinary. And to think it was less than 50 years ago, on the 15th of December 1970, that the Soviet Union landed an unmanned spacecraft called Venera 7 right here on Venus. The very first spacecraft to land on another planet, just a year after the Americans walked on the moon. Oh, I wonder if I'll see Venera 7. It should still be here. Well, I guess not. It'll have all melted away by now. Hostile worlds and all that. Yeah, I know, sad, isn't it? Let's take a moment to remember the other Venera landings. Venera 1, of course, known as Sputnik 8 in the West for some reason. It was the first spaceship to fly past Venus. Venera 2 did the same, but not as successfully. Venera's 3 to 6 were supposed to land on the surface, but uh, they didn't do very well. In fact, it wasn't until 1970 that Venera 7 made its way to our sister planet, landed safely, sort of, and became the first man-made object to send data back from another planet. And of course, the later Venera missions were more of the same, as the Russians tried to perfect their designs and fetch back even more data. Ah, oh, imagine if the USA and Russia had worked together back then, eh, Sarah? Sarah? Sarah, come in! Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm here, I'm here. I wasn't playing with anything. I was just, I was just making a cup of tea. <sighs> cup of tea. Blimey, <laughs> just, oh, don't do that. Why? The kettle doesn't use that much power, is it? I was meaning more like the orcs, but... Uh, look, enough banter, let's get with the space programme. What do you know about Venus? Uh, it's named after the Lady Razor. Oh, wait, she's <laughs> got it, the song! Oh, come on! Uh, just kidding. It's good for morale. Mm -hmm. It's uh, named, for your information, Mr. Huffy Pedestrian, after Huffy. the Roman goddess of the same name. Yes, and, listen to this, it's the only planet that spins backwards. West to east? And, do you know, a year on Venus lasts longer than a day. Oh, I love that one. It took me ages to figure it out. In fact, basically... Venus goes around our sun quicker than it makes a full rotation on its own axis. Can you, can you fathom that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, we think in the early solar system, Venus was popped on its head, which is why it's going the other way. And a day on Venus takes 243 Earth days, whereas it only takes 225 Earth days for Venus to go around the sun. Oh, I was getting to that. Oh, sorry, just uh, keep going. I need to stop for a second anyway. I'm feeling a bit lightheaded. Oh, yeah, I know where that is, actually. Because the gravity oh, yeah. on Venus, it's only about 90% as strong as Earth. Ah, uh, yes. About 9 newtons compared to approximately 10 on Earth. Mm, yep. Sorry, I'm just so chuffed to be here. I mean, you're missing a treat. Well, go on, then. Give us a ski. What's it like down there? Well, uh, so the reason it looks so different once you're down on the planet is because of the atmosphere. The clouds are composed primarily of sulfur dioxide and sulfuric acid, which makes them so dense that they reflect 60% of the sunlight back into space. 
That's what made the Venera 7 mission so exciting. Oh, right, because we had absolutely no idea what was down there. Exactly. There was even speculation that Venus might be inhabited. <laughs> it doesn't seem likely once you're actually here, really, does it? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not really. And the list of reasons why life isn't likely to develop here is as long as your arm. As long as a day on Venus. <laughs> okay, we've done that bit, So, but let's cover the reasons. First of all, if acid rain wasn't bad enough, the surface of the planet is hot enough to melt lead. Mm, because of the volcanoes? Because of the clouds. Oh. Are, you, are you still feeling lightheaded? Or... Uh, well, if you think of tomatoes. <gasps> oh, oh uh, uh, the greenhouse effect, yes. Exactly, uh, yeah. yes. It makes it the hottest planet in the solar system, even though Mercury is closer to the sun than Venus is. The heat can't escape, and this is what you get. You get winds of up to 450 miles an hour, air pressure similar to being a thousand kilometers under the sea on Earth, which is probably also why I'm feeling a bit giddy. But don't worry, the suit can handle it. But uh, that's probably why the surface is so flat. How do you mean? Well, what happens to most objects that enter Earth's atmosphere? Would they burn up? Right, and they're also squished a little bit by our atmospheric pressure. Uh, so when they enter Venus's atmosphere, which is about 92 times stronger than Earth's, the, the yeah. poor little meteors are pulverised like a... Like a... Like a, like a whelk in a supernova. <sighs> David, what did Matthew say? <sighs> you can't just quote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, what's the point in having a guide if you can't refer to it? Okay, don't panic. Okay, yeah, touche. So, anyway, yes, the planet's surface is relatively unscathed, barely a pebble out of place, uh, apart from the volcanoes in the distance. Hmm, it's a bit of a shame we can't colonise the place then. I mean, I don't, I don't mean you and me, I mean, you know, people well, everywhere. It, 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 it would be a bit awkward, yes. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. actually, it's, it's not, it, for humanity, it's not totally out of the question. Hmm. Obviously, we'd need to put up some serious structures to cope with the atmospheric pressure and the acid rain, but there are advantages, even compared to Mars. Like similar gravity? Yeah. Future mm. generations would turn out similar to the current human model, whereas the gravity on Mars is less than half of Earth's. Uh, so people born on Mars, they're likely to grow up yeah. to be, what, taller and thinner? Hmm? Yeah. yeah. So, well, I know it doesn't... So, that, so hang on, that, that means that we, we wouldn't have to have any more of those stupid kale and avocado and synesthesia, whatever it's called, shakes! Right, yes, exactly. No fad diets, no fad diets. I know, I know. I, I keep on having to hide that as well. That airlock is getting full. I know it doesn't sound so bad, but the implications are, well, they're, they're, they're unknown. It might cause genetic defects as time goes on. Who knows? So when it comes to gravity, Venus is a safer bet. Hmm. <laughs> what else? Well, Venus is only 40 million kilometres away from Earth compared to Mars, which is 55 million kilometres away. Oh, we'd save on fuel. Mm-hmm. It's also much more similar in size to Earth. Mars is quite a bit smaller. Mm, hence the lower gravity. Exactly, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> and talking of fuel, get this. Despite the acid rain, Venus's atmosphere is actually mostly made out of carbon dioxide. If we can filter out the sulphur, we'd potentially be able to grow food. Oh, do you know, this is sounding more and more plausible by the second. Okay, well, how about one more to blow your mind? <laughs> Hang on, I, uh, I'm already flying around in a spaceship named after a micro-animal with you, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about this? 
Because nitrogen and oxygen are lighter than the carbon dioxide that makes up most of the atmosphere, we could design breathable air-filled balloons to float naturally at a height of about 50 kilometers. That's, that's 31 miles up above the surface. I, I like the movie up, but with breathable air instead of helium. Yeah, well, I prefer James and the Giant Peach, but yes, absolutely. Just imagine. <gasps> Floating cities. Castles on a cloud. All oh, right, you get that elongated musky guy on the phone. He's going to be he's gonna go to the wrong planet. On the phone? I can't even get a signal in my kitchen. All right, yeah. Dense atmosphere. Oh, what about an email? Be my guest. How's it going? Have you, have you found anything? Uh, well, mostly smooth rock, to be honest. Although I see a big canyon up ahead. I'm gonna stay away from it, though. I'll, I'll head towards the volcano instead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds much safer, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the record, we landed on one of only two continents here on Venus. The other one in the north is called Ishtar Terra, and this one is called Aphrodite Terra. Ah, uh, another goddess gets a mention, and not before time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, take it up with ancient Rome, uh, although they just copied the Greeks, to be fair. <laughs> well, so even though Mars is the favourite for colonisation, it seems like Venus is actually more similar to Earth. Mm -hmm. That's right, it is. Well, it was. What? Something happened. I don't, I don't see anything on the periscope thing. Uh, oh, that's because you've, you've got it on Twitter. <gasps> oh. Oh, yeah, well, don't worry. I'm talking about ancient history, cosmically speaking. You see, Venus is approximately 4.6 billion years old. Oh, like my dress sense. Uh, about the same. <laughs> 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 I mean, about the same as Earth. Yeah, so that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like all the planets in the solar system, and the cool cosmologists at NASA say there's now strong evidence that for the first two billion years of Venus's planetary existence conditions there were much more like Earth today. Ah, oh, blue skies and reality TV. Uh, I, yeah, you're goading me into making a joke about intelligent life, and I shall not rise to it. That's <laughs> fault. <laughs> sorry, sorry, carry on. Yeah, but but you're, you're right about the possibility of blue skies. NASA's researchers have used computer modelling to suggest Venus had, for a while, shallow oceans. Mm, a potential nursery for the beginnings of life. Oh, wait, wait, okay, so Venus may have had water for a while. I mean, there's nothing on the census here to say there's any here now, so, so what happened? Well, remember that Venus is closer to the Sun than Earth by about 30%. As a result, it's always had a lot more direct sunlight. That, combined with slow days, so to speak... Slow days? Oh, you mean how it doesn't spin very fast while it's orbiting the sun. That's the one. So, with all that direct and sustained sunshine, the planet's early ocean simply, well, evaporated. All of the water vapour molecules were pulverised like a whelk's chance... A copyright a... warning, fair use has its limits. Well, I was, I was going to say the water molecules were broken apart by the massive ultraviolet radiation, leaving the hydrogen to escape into space. Oh, no, no, I get it, I get it. I mean, the seas and oceans on Earth soak up most of the carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, don't mm -hmm. they? People yep. think it's the trees that do all the work, but actually, actually it's Actually, the... it's our water, yes. And with yes. none left on the surface of Venus, all the carbon dioxide built up in the atmosphere, leading to... Tomatoes! 
I was expecting you to say a runaway greenhouse effect that totally scuppered all possibility of life as we know it forming naturally, but sure, tomatoes. Yeah, I was being metaphorical. So, Venus is actually a bit of a wake-up call for us, isn't it, really? What, you mean like, like foreshadowing? A cautionary tale, a lesson to be learnt? You bet. You storyteller, you. <laughs> You're absolutely right, on both accounts. As ever, these studies of other planets and stars usually tell us something about our own situation. In this case, our potential future. We could end up like Venus if we're not careful. Mm, okay, but um, one thing has just sprung to mind. Uh, sprung? Sprung? Sprungled. I think we're going to have to sit down at the bottom of the volcano while you compile your thoughts. Uh, anyway, it's about the sun, okay? So you yep. said this all happened in the first half of the solar system's life over two billion years ago, yes? Give or take an eon or two. Uh, watch it. You're quoting Q from Star Trek now. Ooh, impressive. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so, anyway, the sun's getting brighter all the time, right? Very slowly, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah, so the sun back then would have been... Mm, hang on, I'm, I'm going to use a computer again. Uh, wow, the sun would have been up to 30% dimmer than it is now. Can it work out how much sunlight Venus got compared to Earth today? Yes, 40% more. So that'll be even more nowadays. So you can see why, with today's technology, we might be favouring Mars for our first long-term stay. I'm still bummed out about the idea of Earth going the same way as Venus, though. I mean, uh, right, come on. Um, what else is there to learn about Venus? Uh, incidentally, it's the only planet to be named after a female, and it's probably named after the Roman goddess of love and beauty. Oh. And with so many goddesses to choose from, why Venus, I hear you ask? Uh, no, but let's say I did. Okay. Well, it's probably because of the brightness of the planet. Only our moon is naturally brighter in the sky. Legend also has it that the ancient Babylonians used to call Venus the bright queen of the sky. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> right, well, finish whatever you're up to and, and come and head back to the ship, because uh, from the looks of things, your suit's taken a, a bit of a pummeling there. Yeah, yeah, there's not mm. actually a lot to do here after a while. It's a bit like a house with no furniture or fixtures. Still, I can't help but look across the plains of this beautiful celestial queen of the sky and wonder what was, what might have been, and what's yet to come. Well, here's a clue. You're going to look like a postage stamp if you don't get back on board in the next ten minutes. Right, uh, put the kettle on. I'm on my way. Mm -mm. So, was it everything you hoped it would be? It was. I mean, it might not be the setting for a family picnic, but once you know the history, it's really something. Mm, yeah, I must admit, I've got a healthy respect for Venus now. You know, she's she's been through a lot, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Hey, we, we, should, we should take all this back to Earth, right? They'll, they'll go bananas when they see our data. NASA's modelling computer will, will go green with envy. Well, actually, I've uh, already laid in our next course. Oh. Don't worry, we'll swing by close enough to Terra Mater to send them a few terabytes. Oh, terrible, <laughs> that's terrible. So, come on now, where, where are we off to next? Huh? 
Second star to the right and straight on till morning. Is that morning here or on Earth? Well, it's a literary reference. Yeah, I get it. It's, I've, I've read Peter Pan and they all. But um, if you mean morning here on Venus, that's um, well, that's not for another month. So. Well, thanks, Einstein. Oh, don't be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I meant the actual Einstein, but uh, never mind. I'll make us some tea. I just meant... You know, let's see what's out there. Oh, I get it. Now we're going to look at the binary star system, second star mm. to the right. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's a few things still in our, our solar system that I want to check out on the way, but uh, for the meantime, I'll put the kettle on. Ah, oh, thanks, and now I'll get some away. Uh, uh, David? Yeah? Stir mine west to east, would you? Do you want me to turn it on its head as well? This was Hostile Worlds, a podcast created and presented by The Podcast Host. Find out more about their coaching and production services at thepodcasthost.com. Voices in this episode were provided by David Alt and myself, Sarah Golding. Hello. It was written by Robert Cudmore. And if you're in the mood for some more great audio drama style shows, then we've got a Best Fiction Podcasts Roundup for that very purpose. So head on over to thepodcasthost.com slash hostileworlds for a look, why don't you? There's some really amazing shows on there to keep you occupied until our next voyage. (laughs) That's thepodcasthost.com slash hostileworlds. We'll see you next time.